you might be a thirsty camel that's doing a Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, if, you're, <laughs> right. if you're closing a gap between you and a human, you might be a thirsty camel. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. a blue collar camel tour. Blue collar camel tour. <clears throat> uh, that's right. You can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. And welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. That's right. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, go get a life, you know? I mean, what are you even doing? Like, yeah, rethink some things. <laughs> walk around with all these friends and like, come on, just just settle down and find the one. Find that one f- special friend that you can listen to this show with. Oh, you're talking to somebody, a pre-convert, Andrew. You're saying the person listening right now might have somehow ended up here by mistake, and you're trying to talk them out of all those friends. That, that's a good. I think that's a good piece of audio that we have to yeah. isolate and, and maybe toss around on Reddit or something like that, maybe really get it out there. <laughs> I, uh, I, I assume that just about everybody listening just accidentally stumbled upon this show. So um, Yeah, good point. That's good point it's like, i think it's a fair this assumption. is a cult where we convince everyone to drop all their friends um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which i think is kind of what cults do in general maybe that's not uh that just is that's redundant that just is a cult we're just telling yeah, you to get rid of all your point. friends but here's the difference is the new cult you're joining isn't going to be your family or friends either sorry you're in this one alone <laughs> You gotta well, put on. You gotta put on your own uh, Nikes and uh, drink your old your own Kool Aid and. All right. Uh... <laughs> anyway, today, Andrew, we're talking about Jaipur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's uh, do, do a one eighty on that one. Sure. We are talking today about the game called Jaipur. Let's let's talk about it. It's a popular card game, and uh, let's see. Uh, we don't have much time here, so let's let's try and sum it up in one sentence each. What do you say? Shrink it down to one sentence, and then just end the podcast. Yeah, let's do it, Andrew. So you start, and I'll finish, and then we'll sign off and say goodbye. Go ahead, Andrew. Start it off. One sentence explanations. Okay, so I would say that uh, Jaipur is a card game which finally shows the importance of the five C's of diamonds. Cut, clarity, color, carrot, and camels. Wow. You sure know a lot about diamonds, my friend. I love it. That's right. Uh, I'll take your word on all of that. The only one I know is camels, quite frankly. And I've eaten a few carrots in my life. <laughs> um, if, I, if I have to sum up uh, Jaipur in one sentence, Andrew, I would say... Just like a true libertarian paradise, you push your luck in the marketplace and someone always has to lose big time. Yes. Jaipur. Not everyone can win. There has to be winners and a whole lot of losers. That's right. Well, yeah. At least one loser in this game. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. That is kind of a, a unique aspect of this game is that there is one winner and one loser. We don't usually have games with winners and losers, but that's what we have in this That's game. a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found <laughs> it refreshing, honestly, to uh, <laughs> to have one of us lose for once. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what happened? You, know, you, you <laughs> lost. What? What is this sensation? Yeah. Oh, this is everything. <laughs> this is everything all my, the people I grew up with were talking about. <laughs> 
So, Andrew, this is, like you said, a card game. It really is primarily uh, played with cards. There are some tokens um, <laughs> that you that you use to keep track of, like, a currency. But other than that, really, the I'd say, like, you know, 80% of this game is cards, basically. And specifically in this game, yes. what you're doing is you are a merchant. You are someone who sells goods. And you are trying to string together big enough sales that you um, catch the eye of the uh, of the maharaja, the, the the king, the ruler of the the land, and uh, get hired. If you can uh, do a good enough job, basically, if you are the winner, you can get hired as the, um, I guess, the official merchant of the maharaja. They say so, um, moving up in life or whatnot. Right. Um, and so that's really what you're doing is um, it's uh, a lot of people compare it or at least say that it has rummy elements to it. So that's probably like kind of like the core base of the game is is just getting um, sets of cards. You're you have a hand limit of seven and you're trying to bring as many cards into your hand um, while making um, as big a sets as you uh, as you can of the different variety of goods. There's like five different varieties of goods, I think, or six maybe. And uh, and when you when you get a set together, you want to try to sell it at the right time. So it, it's kind of balancing, trying to balance when you should sell it with uh, trying to build up a bigger set to sell. Yes, kind of think of this game like as you said as a uh, gin rummy, uh, where you're just trying to build collections. Or maybe if you never played that, maybe kind of like uh, go fish, where you're trying to collect all the same type of cards it's a lot of classic card games are like this and uh, i think it's just based off of that but the whole theme is you know with the trading in a marketplace that's right, right. So, which just kind of makes it fun yeah it's a nice fun fast-paced game there uh like i said there's i believe six different goods you can trade there's leather there's spice there's cloth there's silver gold diamond and on your turn you can only either take goods from the um the communal marketplace that's down on the table or you can sell you can't do both and that is i think where a lot of the strategy right. comes in because you have to decide when to sell and when to take more into your hand and you also have to keep track of when your opponent is when you think they're going to sell and when you think they're going to take more yes. uh from the from the pile too uh, like I said, there's a communal center marketplace that keeps getting refreshed as you take cards. And so everything is right in front of you. You can very easily keep and have to very, uh, very much so keep track of what your other what your opponent is doing, which will inform what you do as well. Because if you don't keep track of what your opponent's doing and you just focus on yourself, you are really going to um, it, not have all the information at hand to, to make the, the best move, quite frankly. It, I, I like this kind of game. Um, you see other games like this. Uh, Patchwork comes to mind, the one that we've reviewed, yeah. where it's kind of like, well, if I if I do this, that might help me, but it might also help my opponent. So should I do, you know, you kind of have to make that judgment call mm -hmm. of how much do I want to help my opponent, but you have to weigh the risk of that. Um, Absolutely. Another cool thing that I like about this is that you're not just building up sets of the same type of good to trade in. Uh, you it, it, there's some there is some pressure on you to do it quickly because the yeah. sooner you trade them in the more money they're worth right so if you're waiting to build up a huge set um you might not get as much although you get a little bonus when you get three f sets of three four or five and right. five you get a really big bonus for doing right that. so you're you're kind of weighing the the risk and reward you know high risk high reward in this <laughs> right 
there's diminishing returns for the the goods that you sell. There are valued yes. tokens that you get for oh. selling the the uh, the goods, <clears throat> and they get less uh, the more that are sold. Basically, so there's a little economics lesson in this game, right? It's like oh yeah, a little you know, economics lesson. Sure, supply and sure, demand. Sure. You don't even you don't need to go to college. Just play Jaipur. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, you well, know? you know, there's probably guys out there who are <laughs> who have a lot of power at their hands who have essentially a Jaipur worth of understanding uh, on, on econ, probably, but um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You know, Pete, we haven't even talked about the everyone's favorite aspect of this game yet. Of course, you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do. You you mentioned it a little bit up top, and I'm sure people were like, uh, what's he talking about? <laughs> but now let's get right <laughs> into it, Andrew. It's camel time. <laughs> they, that piqued their interest. Like, wait, wait. Cam-. They were about mm-hmm. to turn it off, and they're like, well, camels? They're okay, like, I'm listening. You got- I heard these guys mention spice and cloth and even diamond, but they didn't even mention camels yet. Uh, yeah, so camels <laughs> are not a good that you can sell per se, but they can be traded for goods. Um, yes. And so it, it, when you when you go to take things from the marketplace, you can turn in some of your camels for um, for cards if you if you don't want to get rid of some of the cards that are in your hand. So they become actually extremely valuable in that sense that they're very flexible. They they have two uh, possible usages. They can be used to trade uh, for goods, like I said, and they don't count against your 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 hand limit, which I think is important. They don't count against your hand limit, so you can just have as much of them as you want, and you it's kind, they're kind of disposable, which I like. That is one strategy in the game, is to really stock up on them, because the more camels you have, the more flexible you have, uh, or the more flexibility that you have um, in terms of deciding what to take and what to turn in to get the goods from the marketplace uh, into your hand. So... That's definitely a, a, a very important strategy, I think. And then there's the a whole other strategy, which is just at the end of the game, the person who has the most camels uh, just wins five extra bonus points. It's just a, it's just an extra little yes. uh, piece of um, bonus points that you get at the end for that. So that's just a whole that's that's like the cherry on top strategy uh, of the entire game too. So they are they are very much uh, uh, woven into the the structure of this game. Um, the uh, the noble camel. <laughs> Gotta love the camels in this game. Gotta love it, gotta love um, it. To really win a full game of this, you have to win two out of three. You play three rounds. Right. And, uh, Luck is definitely a very big part of this game, and so I think one of the yeah. ways that they help balance that out a little bit um, while still keeping it fun is is you do have to win the best two out of three, which I think, you know... Whenever you're playing like games of luck, um, you want to play more of them, I believe, so that you know skill can kind of naturally arise or or, or take its take its yes. course. You know what I mean? You're not going to lose the game just on like maybe like one really bad streak on a game uh, because you're going to play yeah. uh, at least two uh, actual round you know rounds, um, if not all three. So and they're quick too. I mean, each round is probably I don't know twenty minutes or something like that or less. Um, yeah, if, honestly, if yeah. Once you get used to it and uh, you know all the rules and you kind of know, you kind of have a few games under your belt, you can really go quick with this. You know, exactly. it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's my, mm-hmm. you know, that's why that's one of the big pros for me is that it's very quick. Yes, the pace is great. Yeah, I agree. But Andrew, how did we even get here? Tell us a little bit more about uh, how this game came to be. I, I don't know anything about this uh, this game's history. Hit me up with it. Man, it's like every week you're always asking me. I don't know anything about this game. All right, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, Jaipur was published in 2009 
So again, relatively recently, it's not a super old game by a company called Asmodi. Um, and it's designed by a Swiss guy named Sebastian Pauchon. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but I think it's, he's... Sounds uh, right. I know he speaks French, so it might okay. be a French name. Yeah. Other games of his include, uh, maybe some people have heard of these, Jamaica, uh, Metropolis, are some of his more popular ones. I, I know I've seen Jamaica. I don't think I've ever played that before, but I've seen, definitely seen it around. Mm. Um, but he uh, he grew up as a big fan of actually classic board games and didn't get into the more modern, you know, like, well, what do we call it, like the post-Settlers of Catan type games. Sure, uh, Euro games Until or much later. Would, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, he grew up loving uh, games like chess. Uh, he mentions Go as a big influence on him. Hmm. Uh, Stratego. You'd like that, Pete. He, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> My ears are pricking up. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, games like that, you know, just uh, Risk and you know, all the classics that you might have in your closet there. Mm. Um, as well as all the classic just card games that, you know, you just need a deck of cards to play, which is evident with, with this one. We talked about Gin Rummy and uh, Go Fish and things like that. So yeah, so you might call him a casual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least but, he but started he, well, out as a casual. I, I don't know if he would describe himself as a casual. He said he was really, really Well, no one really, would describe really himself into... <laughs> as a casual, Andrew. It's kind of a derogatory term. No, but listen. But no. <laughs> he said in the one interview that I read with him, he said that he uh, he was very, very into games. Like, people always knew him as, like, you know, birthday or whatever. They were like, oh, yeah, get him a game because he loves them. But yeah. uh, he just he just didn't play more modern games. He just was into the older games for some sure. reason. I'm that sure. might be even worse, right? It's like, <clears throat> as much as people hate people like... Uh, as much as people hate you and me, Andrew, because we like the board game a lot, and we like to play all these yes. different board games, imagine if we just came to every party and we were just like... I really want to play Gin Rummy again. I got to play Gin Rummy. I got to got to got to play Go Fish. Got to play Go Fish. Who's gonna go fish me? Go fish. Go fish. You know what I mean? We'd. Uh, <laughs> I think we would get invited to less parties than we do now, even. <laughs> That's true. Probably true. I'm kind of a hardcore Go Fish guy. Right. So anyway, he he admits that he uh, he likes to when he builds games, he likes to take existing games and add different gameplay mechanics um, and keep adding more and more you know, changing things around until sometimes it winds up being very different. But again, that's kind of evident with this game as well. It's kind of like like a, a set set building game like Gin Rummy, but you have the camels, you have the uh, the scarcity of like you got to trade them in quicker and all these other mechanics that are added in. Yeah. So, uh, but he always says that the uh, the theme of his games come very last. He focuses on mechanics first and then thinks, uh, what theme could I put on this to help explain what's going on here? And so he thought trading. And he thought, oh, it's a marketplace. And uh, he made it Jaipur. Hmm. That's it. He, this guy, uh, Sebastian Pauchon, he now runs his own pub- game publishing company called Gameworks. And uh, they've had a few interesting ones out there. Jaipur was nominated for Game of the Year, and it's also won several other awards for like best card game in a lot of different magazines and stuff like that. Yeah, it's gotten so, a lot um, of love over the years. <laughs> I know that for sure. Yeah. I, um, while I was researching this, I happened to, I thought, you know, let's get some research on what is Jaipur, because he doesn't really talk about the theme very much. Mm. Jaipur, for those of you who don't know, some of you probably do know this very well, but uh, Jaipur is the capital city of uh, an Indian state, um, Rajasthan, um, in India. It's in the northwest, northwest India, and it's covered by um, much of the great Indian desert. 
So I guess that's where uh, the, uh, okay. the whole ca- camels thing comes in. Yeah. Sure. Um, but the city, it's the city itself was founded in the 1700s, so it's not like one of these ancient cities, but you know, still pretty old. But it, I was looking at pictures online. It's got some pretty cool architecture and also some some uh, some older architecture and also some more modern architecture that's really impressive. Hmm. Um, some people call it the Pink City because a lot of the buildings were all painted pink. Oh, um, I like that. So, yeah, and it's a big big on tourism, like. It's like one of the top like three cities to visit in India. Wow. Um, they said there's a lot of like um, a lot of merchants selling crafts and things made out of like precious gems and stuff like that. So I think that kind of still fits even today. And uh, there is a they do have a stock exchange there. So that's, wow. that's our modern uh, that's our modern marketplace. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Well, that was our review so. of the city of Jaipur in uh, in India. <laughs> we were running down our pros, yeah, that's pros and cons by... of a city we've never visited before. Um, <laughs> Travelocity. Uh, yeah. That. <laughs> but it sounds very nice. Speaking of reviews, Andrew, why don't you yeah. review on this? Review on this. You know, I would love to review on this, Pete, but um, it's not my segment, so I'm going to say that you can review on this. Oh, very and, gracious uh, of you. <laughs> well, then I'll <laughs> take it from here, Andrew, because I've been looking up some reviews of this game online, and quite frankly, some of these folks are wiling out. So let's get right into it, Andrew. This person gave this game a 4 out of 10, and they said, My son loves it. I love that he loves it. I don't love, like, or hate it. Now, this person, I think, maybe is one of those temple guards in that old riddle. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> one of us lies. The other one always tells the truth. My son loves it. I maybe do love it, or maybe I don't. Which one of us loves it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, God it's a little, uh, it's a mysterious review. Though. Yeah. That's a mysterious review. It's pretty mysterious, I gotta say. It takes a lot of turns. <laughs> Um, This person said, it's okay. Something cool to play on an airplane or something if you got to kill time. Or if you want to play a game with your mom. Uh, Did I just get insulted by a review? Yeah, if you want to play a game with your mom. And also... This person just seems like they're assuming that my mom doesn't want a game. You know what I mean? That, like, my mom's casual? (laughs) Yeah, right, sucker. 1v1 my mom on Final Destination, bro. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very general... I I don't know. He's he's really uh, stereotyping moms there. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, mom's game, dude. Deal with it. Know what I mean? This person said, uh, Brilliant fun. I genuinely feel like I am now qualified as a trader of the Indian markets. It's all about the camels. Uh, well, let's go ahead and stop this person okay. right here. <laughs> this person this person is uh, maybe a little, uh, little full of themselves here. I've never worked in India myself, but I'm gonna say that you aren't qualified just after playing this board game to uh, work the Indian markets. Um, I, I would assume this guy, this, I, this seems like he's the kind of guy, this guy's like, uh, oh, I just played Ticket to Ride. Pretty sure I could just lay a rail system across this country. Seems pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> I just played yeah, Candyland. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty sure I could get to King Candy in Candy Castle if I needed to in real life. <laughs> now, this person gave the game a perfect score, 5 out of 5, and they said, my family likes to play games. We are just at the stage where we will just be two again soon, so I looked for a new two-person game. 
This had high reviews. They were deserved. Now, Andrew, I'm sure oh that they're just uh, kids going off to college soon or something like that, but they they do not clarify in this review. So at, I kind of <laughs> I just I wonder if this guy if this guy's basically saying I've just about had it with my son and we're planning on killing him <laughs> soon. So we're looking for new board games. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this is this is the uh, this is the paper trail. He should have never written this review. They're gonna the FBI is gonna see this. Yeah, like ah, there there's the motive. It's the smoking gun. <laughs> yes, they should they should have never they should have never put this in words. That's for sure. They're gonna be like, "Are you Dice Man sixty nine? And he's gonna be like, "Oh yes, <laughs> that's me," <laughs> or whatever. This person <laughs> gave it a perfect score as well, five out of five. They said the game is delivered in a small nondescript box. But it's a powerhouse in a small package. Now, Andrew, you know just as well as I do. <laughs> what are they this shopping is... for this at the liquor store? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That what are they buying it from, like oh, t- a bootleg DVD salesman? Because there's there's nothing nondescript <laughs> about the box this game comes in, Andrew. It is <laughs> it is in fact what I would call very descript. It says Jaipur yeah. on it. And pretty much everything Real about big. the game is on the box. You're, you're, it. They put it all on a box. Every single good you can buy and sell. Every single, like the directions are on the back of the box. You're one step away from being able to play this game with just the box. You know what I mean? Like you're so close to you could <laughs> right. almost not open it and still play the game. You know what I mean? It's it's as it's really? as descript a box as as it comes, but. <laughs> <laughs> This person gave it a 5 out of 5, and they said, This is a fun game for two people. I rarely get to play I rarely get to play it because I usually have 3 to 10 people wanting to play games. Okay, bud, chill out, okay? Oh, All right, this ain't get the yearbook superlatives, you know what I mean? You're on a board game review <laughs> forum, <laughs> okay? <laughs> trying to rub yeah, it they- in. <laughs> Oh, I usually have like in 20 people dream. that just are breaking down my door trying to play board games with me. <laughs> okay, all right. I just can't get it's a, it's like the paparazzi. I can't get them away. It's just I wish I could play a two-player game in my life ever. I wish I was one of those sad suckers who does a podcast where they only have one friend. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'm cursed with tons of friends. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This person uh this person gave it 5 out of 10. They said I wish farmed camels for a living. All right, bud. If we're all just going to be sharing what we wished we were doing in our board game reviews, then Andrew, I'm ready to give my review of Jaipur. I wish I ate cookies for a living. There you go. Do you like my review? You know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Somehow, I think farming camels is not not the most uh, glamorous job in the world. But yeah. Maybe- you can like camels and that's cool and all, but I don't know that farming them is even something you want to do if you like them per se. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's not like uh, it's not like oh, I really love my uh, my child. Uh, I'm gonna go farm children for a living. It's like wait, hold on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold I'm calling the police currently. You know, this person gave it a six out of ten, and they said easy to learn, teach and play, fast, exciting game. If you had a hard day and want some light trading experience. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> finally, I can come home. I can turn the lights down low. Maybe pour myself a glass of wine. Have that experience yeah. of turning in goods for cash equivalents based on demand. <laughs> Maybe draw a bath. You know, just my relaxing night. <laughs> this is what everybody dreams of. Yeah. After I come home from a from a tough day of uh, futures trading, I want to 
relax with a little bit of Jaipur. Yeah, exactly. After after a tough day of farming camels, I'm going to come home and uh, <laughs> farming camels and, and try my luck on the marketplace of ideas. I'm that guy. That's fun to me and relaxing. You know what I mean? This guy's a psychopath, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Andrew, this person gave it an eight out of ten, and they said played three games, eight rounds so far. A pleasant, relaxed summer afternoon playing with my wife. Nice. All right, dude. You don't have to come onto a board game review forum and start flexing about how you're having a nice summer afternoon with your wife in a loving relationship and you're playing a game you enjoy, okay? <laughs> this guy's just rubbing it in again, I'm, flexing on the old game I'm, review. I'm going to wager that this person uh, is full of it. They're just they're just uh, just making things up on, on game. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't uh, it, Andrew? Right. This doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. Yeah, maybe this was a maybe this was a a uh, some sort of like British uh, nice afternoon bot that was created, and it just goes around <laughs> posting about what a nice afternoon it has with its wife who it loves. <laughs> I don't know why they created this bot, but uh, you know, weirder things have happened. You know what I mean? Uh, but, honestly, maybe well, we I should. Love it. You know what? Trademark, trademark, trademark. We're gonna make that bot. Uh, you have to trademark bots, by the way. I think these days. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of regulation on bots, so you gotta, <laughs> as yeah. you know, so you gotta trademark these things. But um, maybe that's what will turn this world around. We just start uh, having a bot just post instead of posting like uh, conspiracy theories about what's keeping Hillary Clinton young or whatever. It'll be uh, we'll replace that with with just uh, people going, ooh, enjoying a nice cup of tea on a nice summer with my partner whom I love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone will just. <laughs> <laughs> both both the uh, the far left and the far right will, will stop uh, fighting and go, huh? That sounds nice. You know, and we'll drop our guns, you know. Perfect. <laughs> Bots for everyone. Whoa, Andrew, is that a knock on your door? You know what? I think it is. Who could that be? It's got to be our only visitor ever, Dr. <laughs> Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane, I feel like this guy shouldn't even knock anymore. Just walk in, doctor. Okay, just walk in. Yeah, you got the run we're, of the house now. Your Andrew's house is your house. Andrew's casa is right. two casa. Uh, Fraser Crane, just, you know, Dr. Dr. Fr- just oh, come on sorry, in and put Fraser your feet up. Crane. Not Fraser Crane. Whoa. He's not allowed ah, trademark, in. I mean, trademark. that's up to you. You can talk to Fraser about that, but Fraser Crane is definitely I'm going to go ahead and invite him into your house, Andrew. Yes. Mr. Mr. Kelsey Crane, Grammer, uh, that's Dr. up to Crane, you. Sorry. You talk to Kelsey all you want, Andrew. I know you talk to him frequently on the phone, so whatever arrangement you guys have worked out. <laughs> but in terms of Fraser Crane, we are now rolling out the red carpet officially on this episode of the uh, the old podcast. You can just come in anytime. Well, whenever the good doctor comes in, we always like to count down the top ten phrases that you'll hear someone say while playing this game of Jaipur. Number ten. Read em and weep, boys. All camels. Number nine. Aw, man. My mom packed me two diamonds again. You want to trade? Number eight. Hey, that camel would be perfect to promote my new brand of cigarettes. I'll trade you one piece of gold for it. Number seven. I love gold. And that's from Austin Powers' uh, gold member. Number six. You know, they say camels are the spice of life. Also, spice is the spice of life, and that's why I'm trading my camels for it. Number five. Well, I hate to see this camel go but I love to watch it walk away. Number four. Silver and gold, see how many camels I hold. 
Number three. Hey, this turn, could I trade in these three cloth for a little government regulation? This guy's killing me. Number two. My humps, my humps, my humps, my humps. My lovely camel lumps. Number one. Hooray! I have won the right to work under the severe scrutiny of the king. Chess break. All right, it's chess break time. Time to take a little break from all that heavy trading. And uh, let's get into some warfare here, Pete. Oh, here we go. Let's uh, let's get into metal swords and and war horses and um, I guess oh. pri- priests and bishops that kill. I guess for some reason, or right. the good good old classic kill- tress. And pick up that game Killer that we've been clergyman. playing ever since we started this prior podcast, Andrew. Now I do believe it's your right. turn this 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 day. It is today is my turn. Um, before I take my turn, I would just want to say, I think last time I had a turn, pretty sure it was last time I had a turn, I mentioned how I don't even spend two minutes uh, thinking about my move when really I have a week or more to think about it. Yeah. Um, and after your move last time, I've analyzed the board a little bit more, and now I realize that that was not a good strategy to play chess. I think I am behind now already in this game. Last time you took my bishop. Yes. And I was trying to figure now there's probably somebody out there who's outsmarted me who's paying attention, but there isn't really any way for me to come back even or to get ahead at this point. So I had to weigh my options. One was to just like have a chain reaction go off here, or maybe just trade one for one for one here and I'll still be behind. But uh, here's my move. You ready? Okay. I am going uh, my pawn is going to capture your light square bishop. All right, right. well... bishop that just encroached, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's taking it back. There are a lot of people who depend on that bishop for their their faith, okay? So, all right, I hope you're happy. Yeah, well, I am happy, but uh, I'm even more happy that we don't have time for you to retaliate. So we're going to have to wait till next time for you to take your turn. All right, Mm -hmm. fine, then. We'll just have to do it the next time we have time, which might be, coincidentally enough, the next time we record an episode. (laughs) That's right. Uh, you know, when I like to take a break, like a chess break, sometimes mm-hmm. I need a little snack. Oh. Well, why don't you give me your snack pairings? Snack pairings. Pete, I would love to give you my snack pairings. Um, and by snack pairings, we're talking about what kind of food would pair best with this game. Kind of like you would pair... A fine wine with a food. We're pairing food with a board game. Yeah. Because you always need a snack. Yeah, you know, Andrew, I mean, we could just make some sort of, like, camel jerky joke here. Uh, The audience might see that coming a mile away. But let's get right down to it, Andrew. You're sitting there. You're playing Jaipur. You're pitching a spice to toss into your mouth. You know, you're taking a pinch of something, and you're sprinkling it in your mouth. Of course we're going to go spice on this one. And my question is, what spice you got? (laughs) Andrew, for me, I got a couple of options here. I'm going to say cinnamon. Oh, yeah, I had cinnamon as well, you know. I mean, when you just want to eat just a spice, cinnamon's the way to go. That's right. And, of course, as we know from social media videos, you don't want to do it a spoonful at a time. But you don't have to. You can take your time with it. You know what I mean? What I would say, you just do a little bit at a time. Maybe you even grab one of those candy sticks that the kids go crazy about. And you stick it in some yes. cinnamon, you lick it, and you stick it in some cinnamon, 
and you just keep popping that thing back and forth with whatever that insane candy is that kids eat sometimes that seems like a big mistake. Oh, but in this case, you're the talking cinnamon, about those those little dipping sticks, little you dip dipping them in sticks, the colors. Yeah, so what yeah. are those things called? I now don't I know, but I think it's somehow tied to that Wonka Company candy thing. But it is certainly yeah. after our time, Andrew, and to and I don't know about you, but to me that stuff seems insane to be doing. But in this case, <laughs> I think it would work out for us because we'd be dipping it in the very wholesome cinnamon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's wholesome. Cinnamon's definitely wholesome. Not like that newfangled. Um, uh, what you call it's that kids be dipping it in into now whatever they call that wonka wonka brain puke or whatever they uh whatever they refer to that uh <laughs> dipping powder as it's probably some sort of real edgy like uh monster energy wonka uh uh poop pa- poop powder you know kids are kind of crazy these days is the bottom line anyway yeah. um you could also i would say one other spice that uh comes to mind why don't you pop some sugar cubes, okay? Horses uh-huh. love them. Yeah. I bet camels love them. I don't know for sure. I've never seen one in my life. But Maybe. um But horses, uh, <laughs> you know, plunk those things right out of your hand. Sugar. Heck, you can even mix that sugar and cinnamon. Bingo, bango, baby. Now you got some... Um, uh, you could do that for days. That's right. That is right. Oh, that sounds delicious. Now I'm getting... It is I'm delicious. hungry for some cinnamon I mean, I sugar. grew up, yeah, putting cinnamon and sugar mix on toast, my parents did for us, and uh, and we'd eat it, and we were happy. <laughs> and we were happy, damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but how about you, Andrew? What are you thinking? What kind of spices you popping in that, that old uh, maw of yours? <laughs> Well, I do just I do just occasionally just eat spice on its own. Um, you know, just dip a little pinky in there and just taste it. Um, like I said, cinnamon is probably my top uh, spice. Top spice. But if I'm gonna be sitting down and playing a game with with my one and only friend here, mm. I'm gonna want to go a little fancier. I'm probably picking some saffron. Wow. Um, <clears throat> now, if you're not familiar with saffron. Because I sure wasn't until I worked. I worked at. A, I used to work at a restaurant. It's a true story. I used to work at a restaurant where they made saffron rice, and uh, it's it's some it was spice that Subway. is so. And they made. Uh, <laughs> it was the Subway saffron rice chicken cutlet sub. No, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the worst sub would be to include saffron rice. Uh, it would, come come to Subway. I'd be a little get, surprised. Get the Subway saffron rice iceberg lettuce. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is really bad? Um, stuff you can get up roast Did roast beef. Uh, like like it would just be a bad mix altogether. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What the heck?" Speaking of Subway, did you? See- did you see that news story a while back about Subway? About Jared? They, yeah, uh, it's pretty some... despicable. No, not not that one. Um, All right. The uh, it was more recent. More recent than that. Some court uh, legally decided that the bread they serve at Subway cannot be legally called bread. This is in like, <laughs> is uh, this Ireland, true? I think. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, I missed uh, that. That one. was a big story. Not a big story, but it was like a quirky story. Do you think they Probably were like? Do you think when that uh, news story came out? They were like, ugh, this is terrible, but it could be worse. could be that whole Jared thing again, you know? Anyway, um, <laughs> right. you were working at a restaurant, Andrew, you were saying? I was working at a restaurant where they made saffron rice. A saffron is a spice that apparently is so expensive that at this particular restaurant where I worked, the chef uh, had it in a little box in his office mm. uh, that he, only he was in control of. The regular peons who worked there were not allowed to use the saffron. When you needed oh. it, you had to go get special permission. It's like... 
going to ask, you know, for the little key to the box. Wow. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say maybe saffron because it must it must be really good if it's that expensive. I, I got you. I've so you're it, you're popping the I've cork it, on the champagne, uh, so to so to speak. <laughs> yes. But you're popping the box of saffron for uh, for a get together with us. I, well, I, I'm I feel very honored. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shove a thousand dollar spoonful in my mouth. Yeah, and you immediately cough it out. Yeah, <laughs> the saffron challenge. Um, only only the Kardashians the... can afford to do the saffron challenge. <laughs> that needs to get trending right now. So yeah. hashtag saffron challenge. I well, want to see it. it kill, on our is Insta- it? Uh, could it kill somebody? Okay. Well, uh, don't do it. Maybe, legal disclaimer. We got to say yeah. Legal disclaimer. Um, don't do it. I guess. Don't do it. But. Maybe you could use the hashtag, but um, you know but we we already said here. what we said we... first, and now but we're also following up saying don't do it. So now it's the balls in we're your court. We're also saying don't don't do it. Don't do the saffron challenge. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it probably doesn't don't kill. Do... It probably can't kill somebody. I don't know. Nah, I, yeah, it can't. Maybe it would make them become so poor that they would die of poverty but that's well get in line know what i mean it's called the american (laughs) um united states of america know what i mean the saffron dream sorry to get political on you but well that's all right uh you know we always get political in my family uh around the holidays really speaking of that uh yeah speaking of that you ready for a little family time i am family time well you can pick your friends but you can't pick your family andrew which member of someone's family should our listeners play this with okay who's the ideal family member to play this game with andrew what do you have you have any ideas uh this was a tough one i'm thinking who would like a game about trading in the marketplace um so i'm gonna have to go with my cousin's stepdad who is just horrible with money because he's always got a uh he's always got a hot stock tip or uh he's trading futures and like losing money so i know that i could just watch this guy and jaipur i'd be like hey you want to play this game it's right up your alley Uh, he'd make horrible decisions i'd win every time so that's, yeah. that's what I'm playing with. That makes sense. I'm gonna. I'll go with somebody very similar. I'll go with that guy's uh, son, basically. So the econ cousin. You know the guy in your family who like is going to business school and he thinks okay. thinks he knows everything about business and thinks that like by going to business school suddenly he uh, uh, you know everybody else is is below him because he's like I kind of know how this whole thing works. You kind of you guys kind of don't know this whole this thing. You know you guys want like want like rights and like you know privileges and stuff like that you might want people to have like um equity in the in the world but uh i kind of already have studied the books and i kind of know that that's not a a thing you know what i mean like the country will die unless uh we have tons of poor people you know that kind of guy you know what i mean he'll love this game probably because you'll be like uh you know the guy who basically walks around with like a, a shirt that says marketplace of ideas on it basically that that kind of guy because he'll be like you'll, <laughs> okay. you'll be like well this Hey, listen. This this whole game is all about you know supply and demand and uh, the mar- and and how and how well you can do in in the marketplace, completely unregulated. And his and his mouth will be drooling like a rabid dog. And he'll go, "Oh, did you say? Did you say unregulated?" And I'll go, "Yeah. There's no. There's literally in this game. There's no central government." And he's gonna go, uh, you know what I mean? He's gonna freak out. 
but what I would like to do with this guy, and, and tell me if you think this is a good idea, I'm going to try to like introduce some sort of like revolution element that I'm not. I don't tell him about it first. At the end of the game, I'm going to go uh, and I go, oh, cool. Huh, looks like you got a lot of coins there. So how many coins did you set aside for the the people who produce the goods? And, and, and he's going to go, what do you mean? And I'm going to go, ooh, sorry about that, bud. You, that's that's going to mean that you're going to have a revolution. And the workers are going to seize everything you, from you because you were too greedy. You, you you gypped them out of it. You didn't give them enough money. And they're going to take everything back from you now and probably burn your entire house down. You know what I mean? You probably should have shared a little yeah. bit more of your profit with them. Uh, maybe next time. And then maybe, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a long shot, but that might flip a switch in his head. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is you're kind of like Pete. You're kind of like uh, Robin Hood, but you're slowly yeah. just trying to convince people through board games. Yeah, that's right. Is that's that right? right. I'm trying to convince um, <clears throat> you know the uh, the capitalists to to drop to drop it. Just drop it, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and I'm doing it through two player board games. How about that? But um, yeah, I think these guys need a little bit of a reality check. You know what I mean? Um, once they get out of co- once they get out it. of their liberal colleges. No, I'm just kidding. But um, once they get out of the business <laughs> the the business schools. You know what I mean? Uh, where they wear like salmon colored shorts on the weekends and everything like that. But anyway, uh, uh-huh, let's get that. Nice, let's let's nice have talking. yeah. Let's have that guy uh, play Jaipur. And I'll just try to uh, try to give him a little bit of a wake up through it. Hopefully, hopefully get him thinking about something other than just the value of goods. You know what I mean? Which uh, unfortunately will mean I'll yes. have to go outside of the uh, the main structure of this game. But I think I can pull it off. Hmm. Good luck, Andrew. Your phone is blowing up over there. What are you getting a call from the president? Oh, wait a minute. It lo- looks like it's just an acquaintance call in. Acquaintance call in. Yeah, why, why would the president be calling me? It's just an acquaintance. It's just, just an acquaintance. I mean, don't don't sell like yourself short, Andrew. I mean, the president <laughs> might be calling you for something. You never know, but uh, no, it's just, it's an acquaintance. And this is a segment called Acquaintance Calling. We are going to be talking to, you know, somebody who other shows might say is a friend of the show, but of course for us that's that just is not true. It's an acquaintance. So, uh, Pete, which acquaintance do we have on the line uh, today? That's right, Andrew. Today we're talking with Ryan Morrison. The owner and host extraordinaire of all of your desires from Tiki Tiki Board Games. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, man? Hey, Pete. Hey, Andrew. Thanks a lot for having me on today. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Uh, We've been trying to trying to figure out how to get you on for a long time. Ryan runs Tiki Tiki, which is our local board game store. So he's a, a man who's near and dear to our hearts. But absolutely. I do have to get out something uh, up front here for our listeners. Of course, Ryan, they always have to make sure that we're not talking to a friend of ours because, of course, oh. we don't have another friend. So could you confirm for us that you are, in fact, not a friend? You're just an acquaintance? Oh, we're we're definitely not friends in any capacity. I mean, mm. I would say acquaintances mm. would would be the extent of of our relationship. Okay, all right. So just Perfect. bullseye. I think Perfect. that. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Uh, Rye, <laughs> how long have you been slinging board games for? I have been selling board games for about uh, about eight or nine years now. So we're we're coming up Ooh, on ten years. Mama. Launched the store. Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah, of fun, so. that's great. Right in, uh, right in downtown Woodbury, New Jersey. It, it, you can't when you when you pass through the town. It's it's an immediate 
energy that's emanating from that building basically uh the the town is kind of like a normal small town and and yet there's this building that's just bursting with all these nerd and gaming paraphernalia and color and energy so uh, that's great you guys are doing a great job over there with uh with Thank with, you. with what Thank you got you so and much. i mean we we, tr- we yeah, try absolutely. and have a good time in there and try and do all the good nerdy things that uh that you know you used to get balked at in the past but uh you know it, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice that everybody's got their own little nerd vibe going yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Rye, but you guys refer to that building as the Nerd Mall because not only is there Tiki Tiki board games there, but you guys also have Luke and Kate's Toy Chest. You sell toys there. Uh, you just recently got into comic books. Yep. You sell skateboards and, and things like that. So you're you're kind of like a den of all geek desires there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we do nickname and call it the Nerd Mall, and that's how we answer the phone, and which freaks people out entirely. They're like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "No, it's, it's <laughs> I got the wrong place." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. So that's great. I can remember. Uh, I guess it was back. I didn't realize it'd been like eight or nine years now, but I remember when you were at a, a smaller location. And then when you moved to that the Nerd Mall, now I remember being blown away when I walked in there the first time. I was like, "Wow!" So this is like way bigger and now oh now you have things that interest me besides the board games as well yeah (laughs) yeah when we started out you know it was like it was kind of a joke selling board games was kind of a joke you know like we were like oh we'll sell board games and everybody was like oh and then Polsky's Corner really you know the nerd mall is is really our idea really fully fledged is is what it is I call it organic growth but that's only to be nice because we were horrible in the first couple years so I, it's it's turned into like the place where uh, this is no lie we have like uh, uh, obviously not friends of mine of course but they're just acquaint maybe they're friends of my wife yeah, uh, yeah. people come in from out of town like we have some acquaintances from uh, like the DC area that come up every once in a while we always take them to uh, Tiki Tiki in the in the nerd mall because oh, it's like uh, it's like a cool place that they don't they, they're like oh we don't have anything like this where we are so yeah, it's, yeah. it's really uh, and it's they're awesome. related to Andrew so it's like you know they are nerds of course oh good good excellent right. yeah yeah, <laughs> right. yeah I mean you know we're kind of in the DNA a little bit so yeah absolutely (laughs) when we were trying to figure out what episode to have you on you specifically wanted to talk about jaipur so we wanted to ask you what is it about jaipur that sticks out to you um is it one of your favorite games it's definitely one of my favorite games and and when i'm playing with with folks that i know and stuff like that I, i just find it an easy game to explain a fun game to play multiple times you know i love that you have to play three rounds of it so even yep. if you don't get it the first round, you pick it up the second round. But it's also one of one of the, the games my wife likes a lot. So like she'll play with me and, and put up with me in that capacity, and she usually wins, which makes me angry. But you know whatever. But <laughs> yes, well Andrew and I know exactly how that feels with each other. We're kind of we're kind of each other's spouses in that uh, in that regard, and in that right. we have you know very particular time worn time tested ways to. Uh, to piss each other off, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. That is very much like a marriage, yes, yes. You gotta ask yourself at the end of every game, like, are we still cool? And then give yourself a rating. Uh-huh. Like, uh, kind of like we yeah, do. That's, yeah. that, that's the trick. Yeah, that's how I've ended every one of my marriages, too, is I nice. I say, are we still cool? <laughs> you know, I, we give it a rating, and then oftentimes she signs off, if you know what I mean. Uh, from yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it also, it's also pretty bad that I refer to all my marriages uh, when I'm in them as a podcast. You know what I mean? They say, that's oh, never really worked. They've never liked oh, that. Man. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, we should, we should go to a couple's therapy. And I'm like, why the podcast is you know not doing great? And she's like, this is a- anyway. <laughs> Rye, uh, in this game, <laughs> back to the game. Your your game best 
your best bet, one of the main strategies is you got to diversify what you sell, of course. And so you guys have kind of like have that down over there at the nerd mall you know what i mean because it's like in the in the game you got to have you know spices leather you know you should be going for gold silver and over there at the nerd mall hey instead of spices maybe it's skateboards or or instead of leather maybe it's comic books and stuff like that absolutely. so um absolutely what would you say is your your top tier uh good I, I, over there i would have to say the diamonds of the bunch would probably be the pops that we sell those little pop uh, bobblehead figures uh-huh. Oh, like yeah. the. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the brand, you know what I mean? Because they're going to have to fork yeah. over some money. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they'd have to pay up. They'd have to pay up. But like the silver is <laughs> definitely our use, our used games. I think. I think our used games is really the number two spot in there. So. And you know that's one of the um, standout s- stuff from you guys because it's like everybody's got a local board game store and they should you know of course frequent it and get their games there and everything like that. But I I feel like y- yours is super special in and that you have so such a wide variety of used games which I think is honestly very approachable to uh, the casual layman, essentially. You know what I mean? Because when they come in, they might not want to plop down, you know, uh, the 50 bucks for the newest, like, collector's edition of blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They might right. they might have right. only 10 bucks to spend on something, and, yeah. and they can find a great game that's just simply used. Because I think everybody has different tastes, you know? Like, people, like, like they'll, they'll just go out and grab whatever game they want, and some people hate them. So, like, we got a copy of Scythe the other day, and like you know, I sold it like wow. within the hour at fifty bucks yeah. instead of eight eighty. You know, so like yeah, you know, that kind of money. That's great. Yeah, we just try and pass along those savings. So yeah, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. So they're they're probably like the silver for you. They they not only does it sound like it's something that's that's great for everybody. Uh, it sounds like it's also uh, you're seeing it. You know, in in the number of them that you sell. So that that's great. We I are. think the used we games are. is great. I don't know if I should tell this story. One time I, I got, I was in there scouring the used games and I found a really old one it's from like the 60s called Trade Winds. Boy, we played that and it was just a great fun night. Wasn't it, Pete? You remember that game? <laughs> Trade Winds is a very bad game. But it's you know, horrible, hey, listen. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Yes, it's very bad. But that's the thing is you, they can't all be good. You know what I mean? Uh, and, no, uh, I, love, I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. It's like some old Milton Bradley or maybe it's Parker Brothers. I don't know, but it's uh, it's one of those games, kind of like where you just know who's gonna win halfway through, and then you have to you have to make everybody else go through the rest of the game. I love it. <laughs> okay, it's, yeah, it's Andrew's kind of a, Andrew's kind of going sicko. He kind of goes sicko mode a little bit, as we like to say. You know what I mean with uh, with board games. I mean, is it sicko mode or is it really just the desire to win above anything else? I mean. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Ryan. All right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So a couple of sicko modes over here. You know, Travis Scott. uh, (laughs) You know, currently getting his legal team to come after you guys for uh, copyright infringement. No, but but I should say though that we that's that's a that's a out of the box example. But we have gotten a lot of good games from the store as well. Oh, absolutely. And rented games as well. We. We've rented games that we've covered on this podcast from from Tiki Tiki before, awesome. so that's a awesome. cool aspect of the store as well. That's another great thing that you guys do over there is, is with the with the ability to rent games. You know, you're gonna know. Sometimes you don't want to, like I said, sometimes you don't want to go all in on a game. So, and if you if the, you don't have a used copy of it, the option to be able to rent it is great too. So, I mean, it's just yeah. like the accessibility that you guys present to the public is is phenomenal. Thank you so much. It's one of the fun things about the shop that we really like. I mean, and, and you know, being able to, to offer that to people at a very, very inexpensive price point is, is awesome. So, I you know, I just want people to play games. So 
absolutely. Now, you're doing such a good job over there, in, in my opinion and in Andrew's opinion. I, I could see you kind of being the, the winner of Jaipur, you know, in this world, you know what I mean? Kind of becoming, in, in Jaipur, of course, you win and you become the, like, the official trader for the Maharaja. If you could become the board game trader for the Maharaja Rai, would, would you do it? What do you think? Would you become, like, the king's board game trader? Oh, in a heartbeat, absolutely. <laughs> yeah? I would, I would absolutely <laughs> leave everybody I know just to go do that, so. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, because you're probably, right, you they probably feed straight. you well and, and put you up room and board is nice. I, I, I don't know that the king would pay you necessarily because he's the king, you know what I mean? But yeah. you'd probably be living pretty good life. If probably you're the official board good, game you know, trader, like, yeah, I'm the official board game trader. I, th- I think it'd be a good life, you know. I mean, I get to touch a lot of cardboard and meeples, so you know. Yeah, everything yeah, would be high quality, probably, and you'd be yeah, nothing but high end for for the Maharaja. Here's a very important question for you, Ryan. Uh, how many board games could I get from you if if I gave you a camel? I just walk in your store with a camel. How how many board games do you think I could get for that? So if we're talking about one camel, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could give you at least seven board games, but. If you were wow. to bring me a herd, okay. a herd of camel, I, I think we're talking about like fifty or sixty at least. Wow. Yeah. All right. yes. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, uh, getting into here. Uh, you know, just <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. My feet, my feet leaving my door, my door going, er, er, kunk, and I'm getting on the a plane to, uh, I don't know, a place that has camels, Saudi Arabia, I guess. <laughs> Jaipur. Jaipur, Jaipur, yeah, like, just head know. straight to Jaipur. It, duh, I mean, it was right in front of me the whole time, and just being like, uh, and then and then finding out how much camels cost, and then uh, getting back on the plane, dunk 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 dunk, you know, what I mean, <laughs> having wasted all my money driving. <laughs> what a rip off! Uh, what a rip off! I mean, don't, don't get wrapped up in the logistics of it. I mean, like, you know, yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll trade out well, great for camels, is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is smart. I mean, I mean, camels are. When you play this game and you realize that you can trade in camels for things, it, at first, being a, an American, you're like, what? That's crazy. But then once you really think about how useful camels are in that uh, area of the world, you realize, you know, that's some, those are some pretty valuable animals. That's it. That's it. Now, once you get these camels in your shop, you're going to need to open up a whole new section of the Nerd Mall that just has a stall full of camels, I guess, right? It might get a little smelly over there, so it, just think about it. It'll be a little smelly, but I think we'll do – we have a yard right outside, so we'll probably do camel rides. I think that would be, like, the, yeah. most, oh. the most intelligent <laughs> hey. use of the camels. So What a businessman. That, that's, that, that's good. Now, right. Let me ask you this. In this world of Jaipur, you got a, a kind of like a small businessman, basically, who a, who you're playing as, and, and you're in your local town, and you're the merchant. You're one of many merchants, and you're trying to, you know, just eke out a living and maybe get the edge on your opponents and things like that. And it seems like Amazon clearly does not exist, the, the company Amazon, in this world at least. You know what I mean? Doesn't it seem like... There's not a huge monopolizing corporation that's above you. It almost seems like all that's above you in this game are the blue skies. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a world like this where you could actually make a living and maybe work your way up a ladder just simply being a local merchant? Uh, this utopia that you're painting, I mean, this this is this idea that you have about like being able to buy, sell, and trade things without having to worry about being undercut. I mean, I've yeah. read about it in books and stuff like that, but I, I don't know yeah. if that exists. I, I, yeah, maybe, his... in, maybe in Jaipur, 
you know, how's the internet there is really what my question would be because no internet, yeah, means no, no, a- no Amazon, so yeah, right. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I think point. even in Jaipur, they're uh, they have their own problems. I mean, it's all over the world now. This uh, all of these monopolies and things like that, corporations that are uh, just need to be broken up. I'll tell you what, it's uh, yeah, I've heard about this uh, this this utopia as well, right? In the in history books, it's called uh, pre Reagan. You know what I mean? Um, Oh, that's I remember about the Reaganomics. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah let's before just our country everything. was uh, poisoned. Yeah, exactly. It'll all it'll all trickle down. And there's you know it, it, we honestly we should be giving Amazon more money because it'll all just come back to us like a boomerang eventually. You know what I mean? So absolutely, absolutely, it all comes around to us. Yeah, yeah. They definitely won't crush us and uh, you know force us out of every job that they can no. get their hands on. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now. For everybody out there who doesn't have the internet, maybe if you're in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area, um, we definitely want you to check out Tiki Tiki Board Game that's in Woodbury, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, in case you can't get in touch with Amazon, I don't know, so... Yeah, right. Andrew, that's right. We want you to go to Amazon first, of course. No, <laughs> of course. No, 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 I'm, no I'm kidding. No. We do not. No, Andrew's tongue in cheek here. We want you to, of course, burn Amazon to the ground. We can say that because we're still a small <laughs> podcast. But uh, <laughs> I was telling Andrew uh, the other day that I'm just going to try to not, if I can, I'm just going to try to never order anything from Amazon again. And listener, what I'm trying to tell you right now is you never have to order a single board game from any big corporation again you can go to your local game store that's what we want to emphasize uh especially having ryan on Mm -hmm. right now is every every single town in the world has a has a spot that's a local spot that can get you board games one way or another you got to go to them you got to support local you got to support local i mean that's where you meet some people that you'll play games with hopefully you know you'll run into some like-minded folk you can't do that at the Mm -hmm. amazon truck so Ah, good point. Yeah, you're mainly meeting, uh, you know, like holograms over in Amazon. It's it's all going to be some sort of Blade Runner-esque, you know. <laughs> How do you even know the person you're talking to is real when you're shopping through Amazon? There, if somebody Ooh, somebody point. reaches out to you and they're like, point. "Hey, I saw that you bought Jaipur." You know, I'm a big uh, I'm a big game board fan uh, too, and uh, they're just a robot. You know, what I mean, created yeah, by Jeff it's Bezos. Just an algorithm, right? Trying to connect to other board games that that other people mm-hmm. bought with Jaipur. So that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, dump the <laughs> oh, algorithms, wow. people. Down with algorithms. Up with local <laughs> business. Small business. You know. <laughs> So speaking of the local business, uh, Ryan, how can people find your store, get in touch with you, uh, or anything like that? Anything else you want to plug about the the Nerd Mall? Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. TikiTikiGames.com is our website. You can get our address, our phone number there. Uh, We're open seven days a week, so try and make some time and come on through. Let us know it's your first time in the store, and uh, we'll give you the grand tour, Uh, walk you all the way through, and show you all the neat, nerdy stuff that we have to offer. Yeah, bring your wallets because it's chock full of stuff that you're going to, quite frankly, you're going to want to plunk money down on because, uh, or, or you're going to leave with a with a wish list either way because, you know what I mean, uh, it's not the kind of place where you can just walk in and go like, oh, I'm just going to get one thing. Suddenly you're surrounded by things you want. So And bring in your games that you're not playing anymore. Let's get them in the hands of other people. Yeah. Let, let's get somebody to love them. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, uh, Ryan, for coming on the show and uh, really appreciate everything you're doing over there at Tiki Tiki. I appreciate you guys very much, Andrew, Pete. You guys are doing a great job. I'm really enjoying the podcast, and uh, thanks again for having me on. Thanks, Ryan. All right, everybody, that's been Ryan Morrison. See you, Ryan. See you guys. 
Now, I think it's that time in the show where we ask the all-important question. Oh, is that the time for that segment again, Andrew? <laughs> That's right. It is time for that everyone's favorite segment. How thirsty are these camels? How thirsty are these camels? Okay, baby. Now, we've been getting a lot of write-ins about this. Where's this one? Where? How come you haven't done this one in a while? Okay, fine. We'll do it for this one, I guess. This is the segment where we talk about how thirsty <laughs> we think that the camels in the we games are. We weren't planning on doing it for this one, but okay, if you, if you insist. Yeah, right before we'll, we sat uh, we'll down, we got, camels. we got uh, an extremely angry email from. It was essentially a bomb threat from somebody, and they said, "If you don't play, if you don't <laughs> play the segment, how thirsty are these camels?" Right now, for the next episode, <laughs> I will set off the C4 that I've set below your <laughs> your house. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is we're playing it now, so you can go ahead and um, not set off that C4 that's under Andrew's house, uh, my house, clear, of course, as we've established. That's and right. let's start talking about, Andrew, what do you think? Um, how how thirsty do you think the camels are in this game? Are there? Should we be looking for any signifiers or anything? Well, we got to be taking a look at the picture of these camels, and uh, we have to make a few assumptions, but um, one thing we can definitely tell right off the bat, because, of course, uh, camels have those long eyelashes, you know, to keep the sand out of them. Oh, yeah. But uh, did you know, as a fun fact, that um, if a camel flutters its eyelashes at you, it means that it's thirsty. That's true. Wow, interesting. So sometimes they get a little thirsty in the desert so they they crane their head back and they look right in your direction and they give it that long you know slow whoop whoop with their eyelashes yeah, exactly, exactly like they're out of a Looney sometimes they can boomerang it make it go up and down yeah yeah absolutely and uh sometimes their one of their eyelashes makes a almost like a hand like a thumb and forefinger and and goes whoop whoop and like uh pulls the forefinger <laughs> <laughs> towards you like in like in a tex avery cartoon um yeah that's right. that would probably mean so you better get that camel some water you better get the cam- if that's happening you know that camel's there so you better get that camel some water for that's sure right. yeah that's a good point um, proximity to humans i think is a big one uh andrew if that camel seems like it's just getting closer and closer to you and um closing the gap you know oh. what i mean camel's probably uh, the camel's probably thirsty another scientific fact here that uh, i read in the encyclopedia you know everyone knows that camels have those long legs but apparently the uh the longer the legs, the more that camel likes to display those long, slender legs, the thirstier the camel is bound to be. That's right. So, uh, you know, if you're just looking at those legs saying, hmm. Hmm, those things never end, you know what I mean? Those things are going from here to St. Louis, you know what I mean? Then it's probably because the camel's thirsty. If you're saying, hey, that's a, that camel's legs are a tall drink of water, you better get that camel a tall drink of water because it's thirsty. I hear that. Also, if the leg has a... Uh, fishnet stocking on it uh, that is considered a symbol of thirst of a camel the fishnet stocking definitely is a uh, natural adaptation uh, through evolution we see that. that's evolution baby yeah don't take i don't you don't you don't have a problem with me sounds like you got a problem with charles darwin take it up with him uh he's buried somewhere i don't know maybe he's not you think Dar- darwin's buried or you think he's cremated um or do you think he let animals eat him mm. maybe he let animals eat him He's kind of a, he's probably kind of a oh, freak. Oh, I think I think I do know this actually. I think he is buried. He might be buried in that uh, that famous church in England. There, I don't know what it's called though. Uh, it's probably called anyway. uh, Disney World. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I couldn't come up with a joke <laughs> fast enough for that one. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, listeners. What would be a better joke there? Hmm. Famous church in England. What's the um, you know? Would be yeah. real. I I bet I'd be like a uh, real savvy uh, like British comic. 
if uh, if I knew what their like stock market was called or whatever their financial district was called. And then you were you were like, yeah, he's buried in that uh, that famous English church. And I was like, yeah, I think it's called the Stock Exchange or whatever. You know what I mean? And then uh, <laughs> right. British British like you know uh, social commentary comedians oh. would be like, oh, what? You know what I mean? Losing their stuff, losing <laughs> losing their marbles. Yeah, and for good for good reason. Andrew, I'd say if a, if you out. see a camel uh, start to kind of like uh, wiggle its butt a little bit as it walks, it's probably a thirsty okay. camel, bud. It knows you're behind it. It's probably a thirsty camel. That's a sign, baby. That's true. I guess I guess you're right. Now, now, Pete, does it depend on how tight the uh, camel shorts are? Is that going to make it depend on, you know, Ooh, show whether it's... I'm wiping my brow right now, Andrew, because you said <laughs> you were talking about how tight, uh, and then I was like, what is about to drop next? And then you <laughs> and then you said the camel shorts are, and I was like, oh, phew. Uh, oh, woo. Um, yeah. Uh, you could probably just cut that whole thing out. No, I like that. We'll keep that one in, baby. Okay, great. <clears throat> All right, um, good. Shorts, yeah, baby. Now, keep them, keep them, keep them high, keep them tight. Know what I mean? Um, that I don't think that now, has anything uh, to do. That doesn't have anything to do with thirst per se, Andrew. But that does have everything to do with fashion. And that camel uh-huh, is eating it, you up, Andrew. It is called fashion. Now, it is known that some camels love to get in front of a camera, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, the, don't That's be afraid if you're on. Seen camels in my life is because they've right. gotten in front of cameras. <laughs> they get in front of that camera. Uh, you know, if you're if you're a tourist or something like that, don't be afraid if a camel's like really trying to get in front of your camera. But if that camel uh, then posts those photos on Instagram, um, this might indicate that it is thirsty. Yeah, especially late um, at night. That's that's usually when uh, yes. thirst thirst sets in. I speak from experience. It's it's not always a dead giveaway though. You might just want to check uh, the caption. You know, if it says something like uh, "felt cute, might delete later," that that camel is thirsty. You're gonna want to get it some water. Definitely get that camel some water. Stat. Know what I mean? If you know if you know what I mean by water, wink. You know. <laughs> Well, Andrew, we got through that entire tightrope of a segment we devised without uh, <laughs> getting too freak nasty, I think. So props to us, I say, and blessings up job. to the to the to the sky. Oh wait, what's that in the sky, Andrew? Uh, not just my blessings, but uh, it looks like we're getting some extraterrestrial interference here. extraterrestrials ah those extraterrestrials Uh, i think aliens have landed and they are insisting that we show them our earth games so pete are you gonna show them this one are you showing them jaipur why or why not andrew's the kind of guy who would be like i think aliens have landed it's like yeah we're pretty sure dude there's a huge ufo in my yard (laughs) i'm pretty sure aliens have landed andrew's standing there looking at it like yeah i don't know I think maybe aliens have landed. <laughs> um, am I going to show them these uh, games, Andrew? Good question. I'm curious what you have to say, actually. Uh, would you show the aliens this game? All right, I'll start. I'll start. Um, yes. Yes, I would show them this game. And here's why. Um, I think that they will learn, by playing Jaipur, they will learn that we Earthlings value uh, trading and bartering. And so they might then want to trade with us. They might want to trade some of their goods for Ooh. our goods. 
and uh, you know some of their precious metals. And I really want to taste some alien spices. See what that's like, you know. Get some of that Maybe alien from saffron. The, uh, yeah. From the spice mines of Kessel. I right? bet they pr- like have some pretty cool There's... stuff too. Like I bet they have. Honestly, dude, I bet aliens have some pretty cool Funko Pops. If I had to guess. Ah, good point. Good point. Um, but most importantly, I think we all just when everybody talks about extraterrestrials, you just wonder what their camels look like. So that's really what I want to know. Uh, space camels. Yeah, that'd be that. Yeah. Let's get some pictures of those going. Know what I mean, Andrew? There's mm-hmm. no way, no way in the world that I'm showing aliens Jaipur, and I'll tell you why. I like Jaipur, but what? aliens come to Earth from their advanced society. They're so advanced they get here uh, from wherever the heck they're from. They see Jaipur, they're gonna be like, "Are you sure that we like only travel through space and uh, not also through time? Are these ape descendants that are on these planets? They're still trading shiny rocks." Can that be? Can that be true? <laughs> can that be true? They've been here for, uh, uh, I don't know how long have humans been on Earth, Andrew. They've been here for many, <laughs> many thousands of years, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like I think like twenty thousand years. All right, they've been here for twenty thousand years, and they're still trading rocks. I might be right. It might be like a hunt. Might be two hundred thousand. Uh oh, we're gonna get lit up. People are gonna. Charles Darwin is spinning in his grave at the Britain Stock Exchange. Huh? Uh, uh yeah. Brit- British Brit- British dry comics going nuts again. Uh loving it um that I'm taking on their government. Um uh, but anyway, wait, well, answers. Yeah, two oh, sorry, I was wrong. 200,000. 200,000 uh, has been years? around two, two about 200,000 years, yeah. Yeah, you're acting like we're going to uh, cut that out, but we ain't, baby. You, uh, yeah, I'm going to have all the Darwin two, heads my first go. answer. <laughs> I'm going to have all the Darwin heads go straight for you, because I freely admitted I didn't know. But you were real confident. I knew it was a two ten. and a bunch of zeros. So. <laughs> anyway, the aliens get here. They're like, this can't be the case. They can't still be on shiny rocks. Know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're going to say, what? They haven't even realized that their true value is their care for each other. You know what I mean? And uh, and then they're going to say, well, they're kind of a lost cause at that point. Let's just smash them with a bunch of rocks like they're ants, basically. They're going to be they're going to be like, you know what? Let's actually take the ants. They're the ones that work together and do do good stuff. We'll smash the humans and then we'll just uh, squeeze out their souls and feed their souls into our engine that runs on human souls. And we'll get out of here. Now, there is a Hollywood blockbuster movie, Pete. I love it. I'm telling you that I'm saying it right now. It's on tape, so no one can steal that without uh, our legion of fans rushing to them and saying, you know what? Go ahead. You know what I mean? They would not They would not defend us. Yeah. <laughs> they, would, they, would, they would lay and, down and be like, can I get a part in the movie that you, that you made? And then we're, gonna, we're standing in the corner like, come on, man, you're wearing our T-shirt. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, good point. I'll take that off. You know what I mean? Very unprofessional of me. Yeah. But, uh, I like but how yeah, you said that it is on, it is on tape, too, because we do record all these on my Talkboy. Right it goes right on to a mini cassette in a Talkboy, yeah. You know, how, you know how there's a lot of things that uh, you can put a mini cassette into these days. Our young fans thinking thinking that we're making that up, but it was a real thing. Look it up, Google it. That's right. Well, Andrew, we've reached the point in the podcast where I simply have to ask you: Two could play this game, Andrew, but should they?
too good play this game, but should they? Uh, this is this is the big question. Um, we know that two can play this game, but should they? Well, um, how sure are we that two people should play this game? From zero, being uh, no, I want nothing to do with this game, mm -hmm. and a hundred being, yeah, I want to spend every day of my life with these precious goods and camels. Right, right. You would so, be 100% uh, sure, but I don't know. Where do you fall yeah. on that spectrum, Andrew? I personally love this game. I think the uh, the quick pace of it is a big plus. I think that the, I, as we've discovered through recording these episodes, I am a big fan of chance and luck elements in games, which this definitely has a lot of. And, um, it reminds me of a simpler time when I used to actually play card games, which I haven't done since I was a kid, probably. So, um, I'm talking about regular card games with a with an old bicycle deck. Right. Um, so, I'm going to give this one a pretty high score. I am officially 89% sure that two should play this game. Woo! I love it. Yeah, that's a high score. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I'm high. I'm not quite 89. that high um, as you. You must be high on something. Know what I mean? Uh, with an 89. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but my not that high, officer. No. My score, yeah, <laughs> pulling you over uh, for uh, for being too high on Jai Jaipur. You got a you got a box of saffron in your <laughs> All that in, your, in your seat. All I'm shining spice. a flashlight on it. Yeah, I'm going. You've been you've been playing Jaipur, son. <laughs> This isn't my saffron. No, it's, it's... You've been playing Jaipur with your only friend, son. I see you got some saffron over there. My um, score is 80%, baby. 80%. So close to your 89, but mm. a little bit down. No, nah, that's good. Um, 80%. That's probably I also, more reasonable. I also really like this this game, Andrew. I tried to be a little, tried to assume there would be a come down eventually from it, so I went with 80. It's simple, it's fun, it's fast. And yeah, uh, that's what I like. Yeah, that's what I like too. One of the main things I really like about this game, Andrew, it's it's not the best game in the world. I don't think anybody would say it's the best game in the world, but no. uh, maybe. Uh, I guess it depends on what you want out of games, quite frankly. But I know what we want out of games, Andrew, you and I. And this doesn't do everything mm -hmm. that we want, but it does a lot of things that we do want. And um, it's it's actually kind of a breath of fresh air, very refreshing for us, I think, because... It is one that we can very freely have a conversation during and talk to each other during because it is fairly simple. You do have to keep, you know, strategies in mind, and we can do that in the background. But I felt like as we were playing this game, um, you and I were just felt much more free to, you know, just have a conversation uh, while we played this in the in the background, basically. And so it was a really good, fun way to, to pass the time while also, um, you know, just chatting it up, which uh, which I think is really nice. I think that's very valuable it's like we're two old 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 friends at our bridge club you know just it's more exactly. for the social aspect of it than, yeah. than the game right exactly yes that's exactly it andrew there there's the game itself and then there is the social aspect that gets to play out while you're playing it because of how you know the game is is designed basically so i, I think those two things are, yeah. are very much a part of it uh and the game itself is good too i mean the fact that i i do think that you have to balance strategy and skill and and you react to how the cards fall and um figuring out when to to bank what you have or or whether you want to push your luck with going for more um and seeing if that strategy pays off and uh so i mean the game's good the social aspect of it is good 80% for me, 89% of you, um, for you. And let's, uh, let's see where that uh, lands it on our, on our leaderboard. Leaderboard. 
Time to take a look at the old leaderboard. Uh, so we'll just put these figures up here. As you said, 89 for me, 80 for you. We're going to go ahead and find an average of those two scores, and that is going to put us right at 84.5% sure that two people should play Jaipur. Ooh, that's pretty um, good. Yeah. I think that makes it number and six gonna... currently on our leaderboard. Sixth place. Didn't make the podium, but it is still in the just barely in the upper half of our game so far. Right. Not on the top uh, three it's gonna be... in a Mario Olympics podium, but... Um, quietly clapping in the in the tunnel just in case somebody gets sick or or a bird takes somebody away and then you know and takes all three of them away i guess and then he'd be like hey now it's my now i can get on the block you know i love that your reference to podium is not not just the regular olympics it's it's like mario kart that's that's yeah good. i like i love that well i mean i i why go for you know the ripoff when you can go for the original you know what i mean uh, as we know they modeled the olympics <laughs> after sonic and mario go to the olympics they even stole the name they even stole the name for it you, you'd think that they would get sued by right. sega and nintendo for using the word olympics but yeah i don't know all right Right. So it is. <laughs> so that lands it right below Stratego on our leaderboard, which is what you know, oh. uh, very close to my heart, where you're knocking those uh, soldiers together and seeing what happens. Um, and right above yep. the Catan card game, which I also very much oh, enjoy. That's... I believe you do too, where you're um, shrinking Catan down to a two-player um, experience, turning, spinning all sorts of cards around for your resources and those lovely, lovely soldier cards. Those are both. Those are both card games that involve resources, uh, kind of, you know. Um, is Jaipur worthy of being... I mean, we're not going to change it, but is Jaipur worthy of being ahead of Catan card game in your mind? Ah, scored, interesting. No, you, you, you scored Catan... Oh, see, I tanked the Yeah, Catan I think game. you That's brought Catan down and I brought Catan up. So I do personally believe Catan yeah. should be above Jaipur. But honestly... I do think that Jaipur is actually a little bit more breezy and a little bit more fast and fun. Yes. So, I mean, it kind of depends on what you want for the for the night, quite frankly. Yeah, it depends on how much time you have. What, Play what both. You're in, how about how that? You, how much, Start with Jaipur. Much, yeah, there you go. Then move on to Catan. So it's kind of appropriate that they're, they're almost tied there. I like yeah. that. Yeah, play them in order. Play Stratego and then Jaipur to break it up and then go on to Catan. Go for it. Quit your job. That's what I say. If anybody out there does a marathon of all the games that we've reviewed, please let us know. Send us pictures, mm -hmm. and uh, we want to see it. We we want you to tweet us um, at to play that pod. We want to see it in our email to can play that game podcast at gmail.com. And uh, who knows? We may even post uh, some of these things on our website uh, to can play that game podcast .tumblr .com. Wow, they could end up on our Tumblr. Gosh darn, Andrew. Are we? How much are we gonna uh, give these? It's folks, like you know? it's like ending up on the Mario and Sonic podium. You know, exactly. it's kind of like being up there. Yeah, kind of like being up on there. Andrew, one more question for you before we go. I gotta know. It's eating at me, Andrew. Are we cool? Are we? Cool. Oh, you had to bring this up, didn't you? Well, we're going to find out. After playing this game, are we still cool? How many points did our friendship go up or down? Mm. Well, Andrew, as for me, I think our friendship went up by three friendship points. For a lot oh, of the reasons I just said. I, yeah. I had plus three written down as well. Wow. Plus three. Baby, synergy. Yes. Synergy. synergy. Na, 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 in and I think, corner of my mind. since we're trading in, 
since we're trading in three uh three friendship points we probably get like one of those bonus chips for it right that's exactly so right Good maybe point. it's worth even more maybe it's <laughs> worth even more <laughs> Yeah, I just I think we I think we have a lot of fun with this game, Andrew, messing around and talking during it and everything like that. So I, I think we're very cool after this one. J- almost as cool as our listeners, I'd say, Andrew, just pandering to them left and right. <clears throat> almost as cool almost. as the as you, the person listening to this episode of this podcast. And go ahead and throw us money anytime you want. <laughs> just like <laughs> immediately <laughs> busking for money at the end of the podcast. Anyway, Could be silver, gold, diamonds. Even if you want to send us uh, some cloth or spice, go mm-hmm, ahead, do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Andrew's going to take a camel from you any day, so hit him up. Know what I mean? A hundred percent. And uh, I'll let Peter know, <laughs> and they'll the, keep the, an eye on everything to make sure it's on the up and up. Know what I mean? Hit up Camel Patreon. That's that's a new website. Camelon. Uh, and then tune in. <laughs> tune in to next time. Unless you get another friend, in which case you should tune in to another podcast. That's right. That one is called uh, Three's Pretzels Are Making Me Thirsty. It's uh, the world's only Seinfeld and pretzel-themed board game podcast for three people. So no Kramers allowed on that one. <laughs> no Kramers. Don't bust through the door on that one, folks. No. Three's Pretzels Are Making Me Thirsty! <laughs> That's my uh, Jason Alexander. Uh... <laughs> it's it's got to be more like three's pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> no, who's that? Eileen? Is that? Uh... That's 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 Elaine. Uh, that's Elaine. Okay. okay. Uh, that was very sad. Uh, well, I think you did it. You, that was what you were doing. You were going three's pretzels. Oh, you were doing. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?